Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Baggies broadcast season four, episode 17. My name is Luke Catfield. I am joined by a man who decided to miss one of the biggest games of the season. Well, I didn't decide to miss. He was forced through illness to miss one of the biggest games of the season. What a regret that must be for you, Joe Massey. Oh, mate. Um, thanks for getting that in early. Uh, oh, I was heartbroken, mate. Absolutely heartbroken. Not over it. Not over it. I mean, I can't regret it because I was genuinely, genuinely unwell. Yeah. Um. Oh, and I wouldn't have got in. That's the thing. Like people don't probably don't realise, but you can't. When every now, every time we go to a, a stadium now, you have to fill out a form. Yeah. Um. And it's not. I didn't have corona because of coronavirus, obviously. But I, I didn't have coronavirus. I, I was tested twice, and I went to see a doctor who I got diagnosed with a viral thing. But I am. Um, I, I didn't have coronavirus, but you're not allowed in with any coronavirus symptoms. Mm. Um. So, and it doesn't say on the. And I had a really persistent cough. Like it was, I was. It was a crazy cough. I just couldn't. I was coughing literally all day. Um. And uh, yeah. So, but it doesn't say on the form. Have you got a persistent cough that's not coronavirus? It just says, if you've got a cough, persistent cough, you can't come in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my hands were completely tied. Um, it was absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, oh, my God, I would have absolutely loved it. <laughs> I, would, I mean, I was, like, moping around. Like, I was like, oh, I was absolutely delighted with the win. Um, but, honestly, should speak to my wife. As soon as the final whistle blew, for the rest of the day and the next day, I was just like... Can't believe it wasn't there. I can't believe it wasn't there. Can't believe it wasn't there. I just couldn't get over it, mate. Uh, well, the important thing is, how are you feeling now? A lot better, actually. Um, <clears throat> so I was actually ill for like two weeks. Like I don't know, like on the podcast, the last couple of podcasts, I've been coughing a lot, haven't I? But then, like I got, I got, and I got tested for corona at the start of it all, and, but yeah. then I got like a lot worse for two days. I got a lot worse. Um, but I think it was going to Blackpool and it was so cold. Oh, it was grim. Um, it was mental, mate, because it was like it was zero degrees or minus one at Blackpool when we were there. Yeah. Um, but at um, West Ham last night, it was between eight and ten degrees. It was quite. It's been quite mild, hasn't it? Last couple of days. I mean, the difference is absolutely unbelievable. Um, but I messaged you last night, didn't I? Saying I don't think I should do a video because towards the end of the game last night, my cough had come back a bit. Yeah. Um, but I think it was just like, because obviously it got colder as the night went on. But yeah, I'm definitely on the mend. I can't get over not being at the game though. Like, oh, I can't mate. get over it. I'm absolutely devastated. Like, all I want to do is see Albion win at the Custard Bowl. Like, I've sort of had this dream in my head that I'd only ever have to go there once. I'd like watch Albion there. They'd win. I'd lose my head, probably get banned. And I'd never have to step foot in the place again. I mean, I mean, <laughs> after you tweet, after you tweet afterwards, you might be banned. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't you couldn't contain yourself. I saw you tweeted before the game saying, you know, you're obviously gutted not to be there, but but uh, our man Mayer was was filling in for you. But then after the game, after the result, full time, you were straight onto Twitter. Couldn't wait, mate. I was so I was I was so happy. I was I like, I mean, I, I was at, I mean, I, I I took it like I was massively. I, I was more happy with Albion winning a game. Like, I have to say that. Like I was. That was my number one like source of satisfaction, but I was also very, very happy that Wolves are so bad. I mean, I do truly think they're dreadful. 
I, I, I think Adam Traore is just an awful footballer. I think if you're like, Moneyball's a big thing, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're, comp- if you're doing a Moneyball thing, he is literally the last player you would sign. I mean, he offers no numbers whatsoever. Um, yeah. I'm not having him. Um, I'm not having that too. I think they got. I'm not having a lot of their players. But anyway, we don't want to talk about Wolves because um, who does want to talk about Wolves? Um, but yeah, yeah, I was very happy not only to see Albion win, get a massive win, but also to see them just be rubbish. That was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, there are calls for you to stop attending Albion <laughs> games now. I mean, especially after you return and then and then unfortunately they go and lose at West Ham. I've, stu- I've struggled to step up to the Premier League, mate. It's, there's no other way to say it. I mean, I was, I was, I'm very effective in the Championship. Um, I'm very effective. Um, I'm a lot more effective than Matt Wilson. <laughs> um, I love Matt Wilson. I'm only messing. If he's listening to this, I desperately need to give him a call and have a catch-up. Um, but, yeah, with me, you don't lose to Villa in the playoffs. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I've struggled, mate. I've struggled to step up to the Premier League and... Seems to be there's an awful lot of people on Twitter who like telling me that. Um, it's literally one message after another. Old baggy bird, Dave, Dave Challoner, telling me to stay away. I literally put a tweet out last night telling me I'm banned. Yeah. And then, I mean, I think it's got over 200 likes now. When I looked at it, it had like 91 likes and an endorsement from Japan. I mean, how <sighs> has this happened? I mean, I was, to me, I found it hilarious, especially because they were calling for me to come in. Villa fan Luke Hatfield to come in and, and, and do your job. Villa fan Luke Hatfield? Well, Villa fan Luke Hatfield, that's a joke. But what, what, what's your success rate this season? Uh, well, I was, I, was, I, was, I was at Southampton, which was, which was grim. You were I brilliant, was at Blackpool, which was grim. Um, but I so was at Molyneux, 33% <laughs> success rate. I forgot you were at Molyneux, yeah. Ah, yeah. I mean, we're at Southampton and Blackpool, though. A third of the games that I attend, Albion win. I reckon I still got that record when you take into account last season as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking Premier League, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Your your percentage isn't as good as mine there. Um, Right. Okay. Wolves two, West Brom three. We're starting with that game because where else should we start? Um, What an absolutely massive win! On a day where fans only want one thing from their side in a derby, and they want them to see, they want to see fight, they want to see character, they want to see, you know, blood and thunder, they want to see a team fighting uh, for the badge, for the shirt. Uh, and Albion did that, and they got a massive three points because the the points are just as important as the bragging rights now. Yeah, yeah, but the bragging rights are nice, aren't they? Like it's nice to have that little bit of extra cheer. Um, I think, like. <clears throat> Look, it was it was um, it was on Saturday, wasn't it? It was like it was like, it's Wednesday now. We have had another game since then, but so I think like rather than analyze that game, I just want to say that like I genuinely think. Look, I know we lost to West Ham last night. I know we did, but I genuinely, genuinely think it's been a good, a good like five days, um, like a, a very sort of well, not very successful because obviously one one game was a defeat, but I think everyone can see. That the team is starting to head in head in the in the right direction under Sam Allardyce. The, the Wolves game obviously kicked it off. Um, look, bar bar a crazy like I don't know what it was six minutes four minutes just before half time. Mm. Albion played very well against Wolves. I thought um, I did think Wolves were poor, but I thought 
Albion were a big reason why Wolves were poor. Um, and, I mean, Wolves barely laid a glove on them in the first half. Uh, bar that, bar those crazy sort of, um, bar that crazy spell before half time. Mm. Um, and I've, I, I genuinely thought Albion were the better team throughout and looked looked a lot more organised and a lot more efficient. And this is the thing we've we've talked about it a lot. Um, I've said it a few times that when we've been when we've been interviewing Sam Allardyce, it's been like this. You essentially say to him, "So Sam, what what what's the what's the weather like? Is it sunny or rainy outside?" And he'd be like, "I'm just not getting the time on the training ground." Mm. It just couldn't. He couldn't not come back to that with every question you asked. Not every question, but with a lot of questions you asked him, he just could not stop himself from talking about this lack of time he was getting on the training ground. And I think we had a week, didn't we? The Wolves game from Blackpool to Wolves. Yeah. And I think you saw the benefits of that week. Um, look, the truth is Sam Allardyce knows how to make a team organised. He knows how to get a team more resilient at the back. He knows how to get that structure. And he was so, it was so sort of infrequent that he could work with the players prior to that because of the schedule. Um, I think we've I think we saw a huge strike huge strides forward against Wolves, and I think we saw it against West Ham last yeah. night. And the thing I like about Allardyce is he never is he doesn't he doesn't get carried he really really doesn't get carried away. So obviously the win against Wolves was absolutely massive, but he was still fairly critical of the team. Mm. Um he was critical, really critical about the goals they conceded, and he was also a bit disappointed that they they weren't they didn't take more of the chances that came their way. And listening to him analyse those the goals in particular that were conceded, he he, you can see how he's trying to improve this team and how he's trying to iron out these mistakes. Um, and it's it's interesting listening to him. It was it was a prime example last night um, against West Ham. I mean. The goal just before half time was just It's just a killer to concede at that point, isn't it? Absolute killer, but look, Shemi Ajay has had a really good couple of weeks, hasn't he? I mean he essentially he's now prolific. Mm. Um but and he was playing these raking balls last night that were absolutely fantastic. But it was his fault for the first goal and Allardyce didn't name him, but he was but at, as soon as he started talking post match that was what he started talking about. He said that goal before half time, the ball, the our player just has to. He said he either has to control it and get rid, or pass his way out, or anything. But what he's done is head it straight to a West Ham player, and the balls come back in the box. And he says it's so, so, so preventable. And that's where we are with Allardyce. He can see these errors that we're making, and he will. He will now take a jai aside, and hopefully that won't happen again. The trouble is, in the Premier League, you get punished for them, don't you? We say it all the time. Everyone says it. One mistake, bang, it's in the back of your net. Yeah. And that's a, that's a prime example. Um, but we have come a long, long way um, in the space of, basically, from the full-time whistle at Blackpool to where we are today. We have come a long, 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 long way. And just one other thing I'd like to say is, the characters there... Like, the character is there. Sam Allardyce keeps saying he won't knock these players in terms of their spirit and their work ethic. He says they are trying. They really, really are trying um, their best. He's absolutely adamant about that. But look, we were 2-1 down against Wolves at half-time, having been by far the better team, I think, in that first half. Now, 
I think there's other points in the season where we would have crumbled there. Yeah. But Albion didn't. They came back within 10, 11 minutes of the second half. They were 3-2 up. Last night, you concede. I mean, it was in, it was ridiculous how quickly the referee blew the whistle for half time once the game had restarted. It was, I mean, literally Albion had, were five seconds away from the break. Yeah. From going in at the break all square. Um and everyone knows that's an absolute sucker punch of a time to concede. But they started the second half really, really well. Yeah. Really, really well. They were on the front foot. They were aggressive. They were playing with a lot more intent. And they got themselves level um, for a fantastic goal from Pereira. So, look, the character's there. The hunger's there. The grit's there. The organisation is coming, I think. Um, <clears throat> and so for that reason, I think it's a, it's a positive week. The truth is... No one would say this, Albion, because you would. It's not really. You couldn't say, "Oh, we're delighted to be out of the FA Cup," but it's it's massive. We haven't got another game for a week now. Yeah, it's disappointing when it, it happens to be Man City, but it's Fulham after that. Um, and this is this is this is it's, honestly, I think it's absolutely huge that um, Allardyce is going to get another full week with them now, um, and just. Iron out these mistakes a little bit more. It feels like, look, it's, they, Albion got a hell of a lot to do to stay up, haven't they? Let's be honest, they're they're, they're a long way behind. They are a yeah. bit adrift. Five points, worst goal difference. But it feels like they're going to be in the fight. Yeah, it um, does, um, and it does kind of come back to that 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 Wolves game for me because we said bragging rights are great, but what it's done is it. it you could see it visibly kind of breathe fresh life into the into the team in terms of confidence and and like you said, I mean, I was speaking with some of the reporters at Molyneux at halftime. Some of the Wolves guys were astounded that they went into into halftime ahead. Um, I mean, they'd have been delighted to go in level the way they played. And like you said, just I mean, Albion will have have crumbled previously when they've conceded goals. One goal has turned into two, three even four. But they showed enough resilience when they came out in that second half. I thought I was worried from first five or ten minutes. I thought this might, this this kind of downward trend might carry over to this half, but it didn't. And they showed real fight and you can tell they've got confidence now. And we'll get on to, we'll talk about the West Ham game properly shortly. But, I mean, like you said, I think I think the West Ham game, there are, there are plenty of positives to take. That's not a defeat which has been like the other defeats this season. No, I agree, I agree. And um, they were pushing right to the end, weren't they? Um, I mean, they were knocking on door 10 more minutes and you never know. And, I mean, I thought Furlong had scored, I've got to be honest. I mean, I was like, I was half, half out my seat when King yeah. could... I mean, it was interesting. It was, again, it was interesting because... Um, I mean, look, me and my formations, everyone knows I love them, but he, he switched to a 3 5 2 for the last 20 minutes. And I thought that, I thought Albion improved for that change. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I really like Furlong as a right wing back. There's no reason why Gibbs shouldn't be able to do it. I mean, I think he is probably more suited to a fullback role, but he is a technically gifted footballer, King Gibbs, so he should be able to do it. I mean, he's uh, the guy who put the ball in for that Furlong chance. Yeah, that's what I mean. And. I think we got more from Gallagher back in that central midfield. Um, yeah, I thought well. it was slightly, it was wasted a little bit on the right hand side. Yeah, I agree with that. And yeah, they pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And look, I think they probably deserve a draw last night. I thought West Ham were there were spells that they, they had one looked sort of really dangerous spell in the second half. 
um, which eventually led to their goal where they had a couple of chances. Um, uh, O'Shea headed one off the line. Um, yeah. Declan Rice, I mean, literally rolled the ball on the goal line. It was, and then it went out for a throw. It was um, incredible, really. Um, but by that spell, I thought West Ham had a lot of the ball, but they didn't do a lot with it. Albion defended really well. Um, and I think with those late chances created, Gallagher's had a couple, um, Furlong's opportunity. Albion uh, definitely deserved to come away with a point. So it is frustrating, but again, I do, this is the Premier League. Like you, And West Ham are banging form. Um, so I think it was... I think it was. I, I do. I do. I think it was a lot. There was a lot of positives from the performance. I do think it's been a good week. Mm. And it's it's been a good week as well for Mateus Pereira because I mean, two penalties in the derby. I mean, he, he essentially kind of vanquished um, the ghosts of Blackpool really, where he missed that penalty in the shootout. But he stepped up twice and tucked away two really good penalties uh, against a, a keeper who's not too shabby in Rui Patricio. To be fair to him. And then obviously against West Ham, I mean, absolute world. He looks right back to his best. Yeah, and, it's, and to be fair, it's absolutely lovely to see. And we we need him, don't we? It's as simple as that. I mean, he. I mean, he's just. A, I mean, look, he's a wonderful, wonderful footballer. Um, obviously, like interesting story emerged that he hasn't um, yet signed that contract that was offered to him um, shortly after he signed, and obviously he sort of responded to that on social media and. And now he's doing the old fingers in the ear celebration when he scores. Charlie Austin must must Char- feel like he's passed on some knowledge there. Charlie Austin style, exactly. But he, look, I mean, he, he's without doubt the best footballer I've watched um, I've since I've been working in football on a, on a regular basis. He is a magician for me. Um, I think he's a wonderful player. I really, really do. And... I'm not surprised to see him do what he's going to do. Look, I always thought Pereira would step up to the Premier League. He hasn't had the impact, bar these last couple of games, he hasn't had the impact he would have hoped. But he has been playing in a team that's been struggling. Yeah. Um. So, he's a, look, he's just, he's the man, isn't he? He is the man. And, and the big thing with Pereira is, you got a sense that the the jury was definitely out when it came to Allardyce on Pereira when he arrived. Mm. He wasn't sure um about his work rate and he also said while he's got fantastic ability he has to do it quicker in the premier league he was essentially saying Pereira wants too much time on the ball the quality's there but he needs to speed everything up and he said that a couple of weeks ago and since then um Pereira's been fantastic and Allardyce has been singing his praises so it's really good that that relationship's sort of flourishing now because I think obviously Pereira and Bilic got on so fantastically well. Mm. Um, so I think that's important. And he's Albion, he's Albion's talisman again, isn't he? Yeah. We're looking to Pereira again, which I think is good news because he's got the ability to A, open teams up and B, score the goal goals like he did last night. It was an absolutely fantastic goal. Yeah, a couple of other names who impressed, um, particularly for me at Molyneux. Uh, Robert Snodgrass already looks an absolutely tremendous signing. I mean, I was talking about him before we saw him and I said he's he's someone who offers character and a little bit of nous and um, good ability. I thought we saw that um, at Molyneux and we'll talk about the situation with him briefly in a bit. Uh, and Callum Robinson obviously won both penalties. Just smart forward play from him. He's, he is someone who 
is good at linking up in the forward roles. There were question marks over whether the first one is a penalty. For me, I think if he's on the line, then it's a penalty because obviously it counts as in. But it's such a tight call. I think it's one of those where if Oliver gives a penalty, it stays a penalty. If he gives a free kick, it probably stays a free kick um, after VAR review it. But, I mean, both both were fantastic, I thought. And then not to mention Carl Bartley as well, who was, who was absolutely tremendous. Yeah, Bartley was amazing, wasn't it? Wolves, um, absolutely amazing. Um, really pleased for Callum Robinson. Like he deserves it. He, he deserves a goal. Is the truth of it? I was. I really sort of hoped he'd get a goal last night. To be honest, at West Ham, because um, I just think he does deserve it. He, 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 he tries his best every week. I think sometimes he's he's definitely learning how to be a centre forward still, um, mm. and that is definitely an issue Albion have got. He. Look, he's a very technically good footballer. He's very good at linking the play. But I think sometimes he's dropping off too much to, to try and link the play. Um, when really, I've been needing to slightly further forward. But um, big fan of his. And yeah, I'm so pleased he won those two penalties. Um, Wolves fans moaning about VAR is absolutely hilarious. Um, just, we should see some of the decisions that have gone against us this season. Absolute joke. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then and Snodgrass. Look, Snodgrass is like, What's that? Was is it? What's it? What's that? Does what he says on the tin or whatever. I can't remember what brand yeah, that is. Yeah. But um, yeah, really. I mean, I thought he was. He was obviously fantastic against Wolves. His experience is now. His is is just his leadership, his running, his positioning, everything you could possibly. He's, I said. I said before on the podcast. His his signing and potentially the other signings Albion make this month are so much are about so much more than ability. Mm. It's almost, it sounds crazy, but if you could completely replicate Tom Robert Snodgrass's ability in a 20-year-old, Albion are better off with Robert Snodgrass at 33. Yeah. They need that experience. They need that now. They need that leadership. That is what this team is missing. Um, and he showed all those qualities against um, Wolves. He really did. He was fantastic. The interesting thing for me is I am genuinely... Dara Rocher's number one fan. I absolutely love him. Um, I think he's fantastic. I think he's got a huge future um, in the game. Um, I think he's going to be... I generally think he'll probably be a future Albion captain. Um, I, honestly, I can't sing his praises enough. My only worry with him was at right back. Like, yeah. Um, I, I just felt it was unfair playing him there, to be honest, because I do think he is a centre-back. And... It's not fair for him to have to learn his trade or learn a new position in the Premier League. I mean, I think he did play it right back a little bit on loan, but I mean, his loans were much lower down. I mean, one was at Hereford, I think, and one one was at Exeter. Um, but I thought he was good at right back with Snodgrass in front of him. Yeah. And I think that's important, you know. I think like Snodgrass will help out in that role, um, and give and give um, because with the greatest respect, maybe I can't remember who Shea's played. At, I mean, he was right back at Southampton and he had a torrid afternoon. I can't remember who played on the right at Southampton. It might have been Pereira, I don't know. I think we played 4-2-3-1 that day, though, so Pereira would have been in the 10. But mm. um, he's such a good defender, Dara Rocher. Um, and I think he can definitely do that right back role, but having Snodgrass in front of him will just help him, I think. Um, so that's another option moving forward. Um, and he did... and. He did well again there last night, to be fair, O'Shea, with, with Gallagher in front of him, who is similar to Snodgrass in the sense that you get that application and that work rate, don't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, huge, 
what more can you ask from a signing that A, he improves your team and B, he improves the performance of others? And I think that's, that's, that's where we are with Snodgrass. I think he will improve people around him as well. Could do with a couple more signings of his kind of kin, couldn't they? Um, moving on to West Ham. West Ham 2, Albion 1. There's a chance to follow up the Wolves game. Uh, I said a point would have been would have been really good um, on your travels. I think if you're in the position that Albion are, if you can try and win as me- as many of your home games as as you can, and then you know look for a point here and there uh, on the road, then then you'll you'll normally find yourself in a decent enough position uh, come the end of the season. Um, but they couldn't quite do that. But it was a solid performance. I think the only thing with Albion is. You can't keep carrying on conceding two goals a game and hoping to get points out of them because you, it's just not going to happen, is it? Yeah, and that's that's literally exactly what Allardyce said after um, after the game. Um, he said, like, basically, like that. He said, I think he said uh, something along the lines of, I'll have to, I haven't checked the stats, but West Ham are obviously banging form at the minute. I think they're up to sixth or seventh. I mean, I think they're only six points off the top of the table or something. I don't, I don't, I'm not exactly sure. Um, a position on the points off top, but Allardyce said I'd have to check it that the goal Albion scored last night was the first they've conceded in four. Mm. Um, and it has been Man- a long time since since West Ham conceded. Um, and Man City, I mean, all of a sudden they're keeping clean sheets, and I mean they are they're my favourites for the title now. I think. Um, yeah. And. This is the point Allardyce is making. Is it's not just at the bottom where you need to keep clean sheets. It's at the top. If you don't concede goals, I mean, obviously you're not going to lose a game. But yeah, it's just, that is the big thing for him. I mean, he said, if we don't start keeping clean sheets, we're not going to stay up. He did. He went, he, he was that, he was that strong about it. Um, and he's absolutely right. It's, it's, they can't keep, they're not going to score three goals every week, are they? I mean, look, this, this yeah. team has not been prolific this season. The truth is, we probably, as much as we love Callum Robinson and Harry Robson Carney, I can't see a striker in the squad as it stands that's going to score ten goals. So, it's absolutely imperative, absolutely imperative um, that we tighten up at the back. Um, but I think I do think they're heading in the right direction, and I do think these players will really improve playing under Allardyce. I think Shemi Ajay is doing well, will do even better. Carl Bartley's been very good under him, has to be said. O'Shea, doing very well at right back. So, that's the, that's the big challenge now. Mm-hmm. We do look more organised, we do look more defensively resilient, but because the level is so high, because the standard of football is so high, we are still being punished for these odd mistakes. Um, so it's just about get knocking those on the head, really. Yeah, and of course, don't forget that he's still got you know what ten, ten, eleven days to 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 add to this squad with players that he hopes will do the job for him. Uh, it was an interesting situation. The team was named Robert Snodgrass wasn't in it. Uh, what's the situation around that? Because we've seen reports now that. Premier League uh, investigating just um, just what's going on here. Yeah, well, that is the latest, really. I mean, it was a very, very strange one. Um, obviously, it was <clears throat> confirmed before the game um, by Allardyce and by the club that, yeah, they've, uh, basically they've reached an agreement with, 
with West Ham when they signed Robert Snodgrass that he wouldn't play um, in that game at the London Stadium on, on Tuesday night. And it's a strange one because he can play in May when the teams meet in May. Yeah. Um, he can play there. And if, what we understand of the situation is Albion wanted to sign Snodgrass. West Ham wanted to let him go. Albion said, right, we'll have him. West Ham were like, mm, we don't want him to play against us. We'll sell him to you on January 20. Albion were like, well, no. We've got a big game against Wolves before then and we just want to integrate him into the group as soon as possible. Yeah, We need him before then. And West Ham were like, well, if you want that, he's not playing against us. And Albion were like, okay, let's, that's fine. We'll do that. We'll, we'll reach that agreement. So that's what's happened. You can see the logic to it. Um, but is that against the rules? I mean, I have to be honest, when Albion came out with the information, I just assumed that that was fine. Um, yeah, because... if, if, if the club are giving out that information, you'd assume that they'd, you know, kind of looked at it and said, okay, this is all fine. Because there's obviously a lot of people at the club who are like key to recruitment. Um yeah. It's not just Luke Dowling. There's Ian Pearce as the recruitment manager, and like, I think people forget that actually. Like everyone, Albion have got a recruitment manager, and he's called Ian Pearce, the former West Ham player. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Um, it's not. It's not just Luke Dowling, but but all sign. But for, for a signing to happen, it has to be signed off by the club secretary. It needs loads of signatures. Um, so, uh, I mean, I just assumed that they wouldn't. They wouldn't get that wrong. Maybe they haven't got it wrong. Um, it's only an investigation. Um, but they're not. They've not been charged. It's not. It's not been said. You have got this wrong. Um, but as it stands, they are being investigated for it, and it could lead to a punishment. I mean, look what we what what that punishment is likely to be a, a fine. I think a few people have said points deduction. I mean, I don't. I don't think that'll be the case at all. It'll be a bit yeah. harsh to, to say the least. Uh, it'd be very, very, very harsh. Um, and I think. Um, yeah, well, just I, I think that would lead to a world of bother, to be honest. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, if if Albion have breached the rules, then it will be a fine. But it's a strange one because I think West Ham have gained more than Albion personally. He, they got they got to play Albion without Robert Snodgrass. It's interesting so, because I'm, I'm not too sure I. I massively agree with that because I'm like, well, Albion got him for the Wolves game. He obviously had made a telling contribution in that game. He didn't score or lay on an assist, but I think he was key to that victory. And for West Ham, I mean, I don't see what they've really gained because if they'd have said, okay, we won't do it until today, for example, he wouldn't have played anyway. So there was not, there was never a situation in place where West Ham would play Robert Snodgrass because. They've said, take it or leave it. This is the deal. But West Ham wanted to off... As much as Albion wanted Snodgrass, West Ham wanted to offload him. Yeah, they Albion could a week's <clears throat> wages. Yeah, but Albion could have said, I'm really sorry, we can't wait that long. Like, we, we, need, we need players in now. When you sign a player, it's never... Albion... The situation when Albion signed Robert Snodgrass, it, wouldn't, it would not have been, let's put all our eggs in the Robert Snodgrass basket. Yeah, there, there would have been other players they would have liked as well. So they might have said, and I don't know. Let's say I don't, I don't know. It, it, I, I can't think of someone who it would be. But if that player is available as well, 
And you're thinking, right, do we do we wait? He signed on the eighth, Snodgrass. So do we get this player in today, like <clears throat> and have him with the group for two weeks and have him playing against Wolves, or do we wait for Snodgrass? I mean they might Albion could would have been well within their rights to say, oh no, actually. Um we're gonna sign this player instead. So we have no. to remember West Ham did want Rid. Yeah. They've been they've been trying to lower their wage bill and <clears throat> And as we now know, Snodgrass was... They've been trying to get rid of Snodgrass since the summer. Um, so... And Snodgrass does improve Albion, yet he wasn't able to play on Tuesday. So Albion obviously did benefit from them playing against Wolves, but I don't know. I think, to me, like... If, it, if there is a breach of the regulations, which I hope there isn't, but if there is... Um, I'd be giving West Ham a bigger fine than giving Albion, but um, I don't know. We'll see, won't we? It'd be interesting. That's it. Well, we'll have to wait and see now because, I mean, it's, it's in the, the Premier League's hands. Like you said, I think it will be a, a bit of a slap on the wrist over it. Um, I reckon it wouldn't surprise me if there have been deals like that before which just haven't been in the public domain. Um but you never know. You never know. You, you, we'll see what happens when when it when it comes to it, don't, won't we? Yeah, yeah. See what happens. I mean, I don't know how long it'll take. These things are never quick, are they? Let's be honest. Because still um, waiting for the Nathan Ferguson mm. money, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'll rumble on for ages because these tribunals just do. Um, but yeah, there's nothing, nothing quick in football, unfortunately. No, it's certainly not Barcelona's uh, bank transfers <laughs> yeah. either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so obviously we're still in January, Joe. Um, all fans want to hear about his transfers. Is there any movement? Because there was talk of Hamza Chowdhury, and it all seems to have gone a little bit quiet. So the Chowdhury one, we don't know. Allardyce said <clears throat> on last week, I think it was, when asked about transfers, he basically said um, they've been close to a few loan additions and then the terms of the loan has changed whether that's either the club saying the loan fee is x amount and then raising that loan fee to more or whether it's the club saying um oh yeah yeah we're willing to loan him we're willing to loan him and then at the last minute said oh no sorry actually we want to sell him now Allardyce says that is actually quite a common tactic in in football he says that um, clubs sort of reel you in and get almost get your hopes up that you're going to get this player and then they move, then they move back at the last minute hoping that you've you're so committed to doing it that you'll then carry on. Yeah. Um, whereas Albion can't carry on. They 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 are basically not in a position <clears throat> really to buy a player this month. Um, Certainly not for what you would... It's going to be... They're going to sign, basically... It's going to be very nominal fees, basically just to help people pay off their contracts. Yeah. Free transfers or loans. Um, It isn't going to be what you would say is a Premier League transfer fee, which for me probably starts at 7 million quid. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah. Um. It isn't going to be that amount. So... Chowdhury, it has gone very quiet. Look, my understanding is that 
Albion were really hopeful on a deal for Chowdhury. They were really, I mean, they really wanted him um, slash want him. Um, but um, it feels like the, it sounds like he is one of the deals where the where the, where the goalposts have been moved. Um, and at this moment in time, that it appears that financially that deal is beyond Albion. Um, it might be the it might be the case that it gets to the the final days. And the players push him for a move, and then Leicester maybe cave and say, "Okay, there's no one else interested in a permanent move. Let's just loan him out." See, this is the thing with the window, and this is what Albion are very, very good at. But it, and what Luke Dowling is good at, but it, it's the ultimate game of poker, really. Um, the problem is, it there is there is obviously it is a game, and with there is a risk with it. So. The prime example to that is Carl and Grant. Yeah. Now, and this happens with base. This happens every single window. There is a reason. I said this on the podcast before. There is a reason why transfer deadline day is a thing. There is a reason why so many deals get done last minute, and that reason is exactly what you have just said, that teams eventually crumble. Yeah. And that, 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 mate, that's what Huddersfield did for Carl and Grant. All through the summer, they were like, we want 18 million up front for him. We want 18 million up front for him. We want 18 million up front for him. And then it was, all right, we'll take 10 million up front and 8 million installments, whatever, whatever, whatever. And Albin just kept saying, no, 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 no. And then eventually, right before the deadline, okay, we'll let you have him for 2.5 million a year for the next six years to make the 18 million or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and that, like you said, that is, that is what could happen with Chowdhury. Um, it could, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, the frustrating thing is, and Allardyce has alluded to this, is every game is so precious for Albin at this moment in time. Probably not Man City, if we're being honest. Look, we drew with them at, at the Etihad, we did. Um, of course, we can draw them again. We draw them with Liverpool. If we get a point, amazing. But the chances are Man City are going to beat us on Tuesday. Yeah. But then we've got some big games, mate. Fulham and Sheffield United. Big, 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 big games. And you want these players in as soon as possible. And Allardyce has said that. Um, um, like, they can't afford to let these games tick by. Bilic, look, we know with Bilic there was a lot of sort of animosity between him and the board. There was a lot of disagreements. And, and one of those disagreements was Carlin Grant. Yeah. He wanted him in a lot earlier. He wanted him in a lot earlier. But you have to say, Dowling got the right deal. You have to say he did. Hmm. Um, but he only got that deal by going late. Now, Bilic, if you, I'm sure if you spoke to him now, would say, I wanted Colin Grant in earlier. If I got him in, in earlier, we would have done better in earlier games. He would be in a better position now, maybe. But, but the finances were what they were. There was not more money. And to pull off the Colin Grant sign in the way they did was outstanding business. Mm. And this is the dilemma... This is a, this is why it's such an issue, having such have, having no basically 
having such a small transfer budget this window because the truth is more players are going to become available the closer it gets to that deadline day their price tags are going to become more reasonable but we don't want these games just passing us by that's it I suppose the, the bonus is you've got Man City which is obviously the 26th after that it's the 30th for Fulham so you're thinking deadline day is what is it? Is it the first of February or, or the thirty first of January? I'd have to double check. But regardless, you're gonna have all your business done for the Sheffield United game. They might not be in the building for too long, but you're gonna have the players in for Sheffield United. Someone at the door, pal. Yeah, someone's at my door. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna let the missus handle that. Um, what about a striker? Because this is a position where, where Albion are thin on the ground. They've let Charlie Austin go. Um, they've, I mean, Allardyce has said that he wants one, maybe two. Where are we on that front? Well, we've got we tease it. We've got we've probably got a ten thirty tonight. Ooh, ten thirty. Um, with a name of a striker that, from what I understand, Albion. Have, well, Albion are very interesting. It's going to be a very difficult deal to do. I have to say, I think it might be unlikely, but I think this striker is very, very high up on, um, very, very high up on the list of targets, along with and by, and by Dianga mm. um, at Galatasaray. So that will come out at ten thirty tonight. And I've got to give credit where it's due, mate. Have you? I've got to give some credit where it's due. Go on then. Because. It wasn't me who dug it out, was it? it wasn't no, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. <laughs> who got me that story, mate? Uh, I mean, I, th- I think it was a Villa fan who lives who lives around the area. It wasn't a Villa fan, mate. It was it was a loyal diehard Baggies fan. But can't believe it, mate. I mean, you barely work all week, and then you've come up with a bit of a transfer scoop. Absolutely fantastic work from you. I mean, what can I say, mate? We did um we did notice yesterday, didn't we? But we've sort of um because of the game and stuff, I, I gambled a bit. Um, and we're going to go ten thirty tonight. Probably John Percy will tweet it at three o'clock this afternoon. Oh uh, yeah, he'll, he'll steal it. <laughs> but just in case anyone's listening, we did have it first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luke um, Hatfield, Luke Hatfield got it first. I mean, you'll you'll be the one writing the story. You'll get all the clicks. But I mean, I can't wait to retweet that ten thirty. And then I um, I did text you saying, mate, where, how did you find that out? And you literally text, text me back a gif of McDonald's sauces, didn't you? Oh, yeah. That's, that's what I do <laughs> when anyone asks that kind of question. <laughs> or I send them like a picture of some like, a, a ketchup bottle. Um, so, mate, yeah, very grateful for that. You come through an absolute trooper there. Oh, cheers, mate. Um, so, I, so, yeah, I mean, keep your eyes peeled because that's, that's I mean, it's in terms of, you know, forward-thinking players. You, you do think if if he's high up on Big Sam's list, that it'll be uh, it'll be one that could could be a success. Anyone else that we we've heard from? Obviously, you mentioned Diagne or Diang. Yeah. Um, is it, so it looks. I mean, look. Obviously, Allardyce desperate for a striker. These this guy we're going to put out tonight and um, Diangga seems to be very very sort of high on that on that wish list. The other area is a defensive midfielder. Um, not really got any names there, to be honest. I, f- I mean, 
things have, I think things have moved on from Chowdhury. So Albion will be working around the clock and they'll be scouting these players and they'll know who they're after, obviously. But I, I really did think they were going to get Chowdhury. Mm. Um, and then Allardyce did say last night they'll also be utilising their Premier League loan. They want more domestic loan they've got. So, so I mean, it's the 20th of January. It, it, it goes real quick, the January window. Um Matt Wilson always used to say to me, the big difference between the January window and the summer window, obviously it is a shorter time period anyway, but there's games. Yeah. So in the summer, it's all anyone's got to focus on really is transfers. Bang, 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 bang. But with the games as well, it, the month just flies by. So to, I mean, it, it is incredible. It's the 20th of January today for me. Um, like, like you said, I mean, we're professional till the end, aren't we? I don't know if it's the 31st of January or the 1st of February it closes. Um, but what does that mean? It's, there's basically 11 days left, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and Albion have got a lot of work to do. So it's going to be it's going to be a crazy fortnight. 11pm 1st of February. 11pm 1st of February. Mm. So we've got another day. Yeah. Uh, shall we get on to questions? Yes, please. Craig Russell with the first one. Talk us through the bragging rights and banter in the Express and Star office or virtual office after the Wolves result. He <laughs> says he imagines L Hatfield Star loving it. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? The, the banter that goes on in the in the office Slack chat. Um. So we got uh, like people won't know. Doesn't anyone know Nick Alwell? He's one of our subs. Uh, he's a big Wolves fan, big big Wolves fan, like good good friend of mine really, and I couldn't wait to speak to him. Honestly, <laughs> I'm sure he mean, could wait. Like we all sent him like loads of, loads of like stuff on WhatsApp. Like I think both me and Wilson sent him, the, you know, that picture of Allardyce dancing abroad. Oh yeah, <laughs> and like we were, like just all sending him the same thing again and again and again. Um, just all the things going round. Um, but the beauty with him is he's so passionate and so like takes it so seriously that it really really winds him up when I just say what how rubbish they are yeah I'm like Nelson Samedo mate 27 million pounds are you joking he's dreadful and then like he just can't handle it I'm like Matinho his legs have gone mate he's got nothing <laughs> and like he gets so angry Traore, I can talk about all day. Fabio Silva looks like he should be the lead singer of the Kooks. I mean, it's just, it's just great fun. It's I mean, great you fun. are well on your way to getting banned from more than you. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, whatever. Um, it's just, I'm gutted I wasn't there. I mean, like Tim Spears, former Wolves reporter. Like, ah, oh, love it. Love texting him saying you. Dr-. He texts me saying like the next day saying I love you, but I'm so glad you weren't there. Um. Text Joe next season, Joe Edwards saying, I think we're going to stay up, but I also think there's a chance there could be a Black Country Derby in the Championship next season. Uh-huh. I, think, I think Wolves could go down. <laughs> I, feel, I, I must admit, because uh, Nathan Judah has been off over the over this week, um, I had to host the Wolves podcast yesterday. Oh, that's dirty. I mean, it's, it's given me an interesting insight, but... Um, there's some talk Wolves fans going off and saying, "Oh, relegation could happen." I don't. I I think they've still got a little bit too much quality. 
to be going down. But that's my personal thought. But I'll tell you what, if they keep playing the way they are, they'll be in trouble. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed, mate. And like, <laughs> Nuno, last, thing, last thing we'll say on it is, Nuno looks proper dispirited, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, he's proper down. Like he was, It was like he was sat there just staring into space like it's taken him three years, but he suddenly realised he's actually at Wolves. And he's the, like, I just need to get out of here. The, you know what was brilliant? And I love this. And it's not just this game. It's, it's any game. Whenever, like, there's... And a video's been shared countless times now. You know them, like, fan vlogs? Yeah, 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 yeah. So there was a great one I remember from a couple of years back. Um, and it was a Villa game, apologies. Um, Sheffield United-Villa, where Sheffield United went 3-0 up at Villa Park. And Villa Villa brought it back to 3-all in, like, the last 10 minutes. And there's a vlog I always used to watch just because I love... I don't know what it is. I love watching, like, fans go from jubilant to absolutely heartbroken. I think, it, I think I've got a problem. But <laughs> I must admit, I did watch... Um, I was tagged in a couple of them. I did watch a clip of um, it was like a, a it's almost like a goggle box rip off. Yeah, yeah, everyone's seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I must Beautiful. admit, there's there's one fan on there who's like shushing the camera at two one. Ah, oh, I know, yeah. Oh, and you see him when it's three two. It's. Oh, I'd oh. love to bump him into him in the street. It's it's the type of content that you could just inject into my veins. <laughs> why like, did it, they put it out? <laughs> this is the thing. I've never understood why you would talk a big game before the game is over, regardless of, of what you think. But it does make me laugh that some of the stuff being tweeted on on hashtags at half time. You know, some Wolves fans are saying, "Oh, it was it's been nine years, and we're we're gonna we're gonna beat Albion five one." There's a lot of people deleting tweets at full time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that for free. Um, Alexa, play that tune, lad. Oh. Well, he's like, that's not a penalty. I'm like, mate, it's a penalty. Connor Cody. He's had an absolute shocker. Yeah, he didn't he's have a good game, best in Connor. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do like Connor Cody. I have to say, I, he is a smashing bloke. Um, for a dingo bloke. But, yeah, he, brilliant. He had a shocker. Um, he had a shocker. Clint McCormick, if you had to put an exact percentage on it, what chance do you think we have of staying up at the halfway stage? Oh, that is a tough question. That is a tough question. Oh, I mean, I'm gonna look at. I'm just gonna quickly load up the Premier League table now. So Albion, they still sit nineteenth. Nineteen games played, eleven points. If they match that again, they're not staying up. But I think they're showing signs. If you sort of squint when you get asked a question, that means it's like a good question, doesn't it? Yeah. I've sort of like, I've almost had like physical pain on my face for that question. I'm like, oh. What the killer is, Fulham and, and Burnley both have two games in hand as well. Yeah, but I wouldn't get carried away with that, mate. They're, they're down, they are, that matters at the top more than at the bottom. Yeah. I'd, I'd give Albion. Go on, you go first. 35% chance. <laughs> I'm going higher than that. I I I'm, I think it's a fair chance. I think you t I think an Albion fan would take that. If you, like right now after after the start they've had if you said you've got more than a third chance of staying up. I think you, Sheffield United now they would need to play like their their European contenders and I can't see that. But I okay, go on. Burnley, I think, are, are poor. 
Newcastle look absolutely dreadful. Mm. Newcastle could very easily get sucked into that. Brighton, I mean, you've talked about Brighton all you all, all season, really saying they're all all star, no substance. I think they got a good. Re- they obviously got a good result. But that was a right kick in the teeth. That was. Yeah, it's the last thing you need. I mean, I'd, I'm not. I'm not saying Leeds and Palace are safe yet either, because Leeds. No, they, they are. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not completely sold on it. I think Leeds. I think they'll be fine. I. Th- I think there's like a a ten percent chance they get dragged into a relegation battle. I'm much. I. I. I genuinely think they will both stay up quite comfortably. But I. Even though they're a bit. Of, I think Palace are stronger than Leeds. Palace will not go down. There's no way a team with a breachy easy and Wilfred Zahar will go down. Gary Cahill, no chance. Leeds, there's always a chance for Leeds they blow out. Always a chance. Yeah. I don't think they... But, but eight games less than the Premier League and the Championship. Um, personally, don't think... I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, i give them a 35% chance, Albion. Uh, 35. I am going to go... 45. Okay. Probably forty, forty-two and a half. <laughs> uh, it's less than fifty-fifty because because of the job they because they are the goal difference and the five points behind. Mm. And also, like I'm, I, you know, you're right. I always have a bit of a moan about Brighton I'm just not impressed with them but I am impressed with Fulham yeah and I and I, and I am impressed with Burnley um, I'm not impressed with Newcastle but then I think like Callum Wilson it Callum just, Wilson went down with Bournemouth mate good point good point it just feels like Newcastle could implode Um. But that they've already got eight more points than us, which is a lot of points, isn't it? It is, but at the same time, I mean, I, I can just see if, if if Albion were playing Newcastle tomorrow, my money would be on Albion. Yeah. I think in terms of form right now, Newcastle are the least informed team in the league. Yeah, I think. Look, I take the mick about Wolves. I genuinely think they'll stay up. But there is a little part of me that feels they could implode. I think it's very, very, very unlikely. But I feel like they could implode. I genuinely feel like Newcastle could implode. I feel yeah. like there's something not right there. Like, obviously Ashley wants to sell. No one's no one's having Steve Bruce. I don't know if you ever listened to um, the Guardian podcast. And On occasion. But they're always they always like make their like one of their running jokes is whenever Newcastle win, the fans must be miserable because yeah. they hate Steve Bruce so much. And you just think it's such an it doesn't take a lot for things to snowball in football. And it just feels like things could go wrong there. Mm. I mean they've gone wrong before, haven't they? Like so and Fulham I was always told in football 
draws relegate you. Yeah. It's like, it's great. It's so important to keep picking up results. It is. If you, if you keep drawing, you, you, everyone says 40 points to survive. We know that isn't true, but if you keep drawing, you're not going to get enough points to stay up. You have to win games. Hmm. So, I don't know. The truth is, look, look, Fulham, Sheffield United in quick succession. If you win both them games... Win both those games, then suddenly... Game on, isn't it? I mean, it might yeah. even be out the bottom. It might even be out the bottom three. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's not. It's not over yet, is it? Put it that way. Um, GWBA. Do we credit Steve Madeley for unleashing what seems a more determined <laughs> Mateus Pereira? Ah, oh, can't believe that's a question. Oh yeah, I had to ask oh, it. Can't believe that's a question. I wasn't going to mention it. I wasn't going to mention it. This is something oh. that has popped up in um in in our in our little journalist group chat as well, hasn't it? Oh, that's so funny. That's made my day. That's hilarious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, whenever Mateus Pereira hits the ball with like ferocious force, it's because he's picturing Steve Madeley's face on it. <laughs> <laughs> so people don't know what we're talking about there because not not everyone's got an athletic subscription um basically steve made i mean i'm, I'm it's fine for me to say and steve made a story in the athletic saying that mateus Pereira, his demeanor has changed at albion basically this season he was much more bright bubbly and breezy last season mm. Um, he hasn't been as happy. He's been more quiet and reserved. Not as unhappy. Not he just said he's been more quiet and reserved this season. Um, and obviously he's not signed the contract um, that they've put on the table. So um, that is it's actually that story that led to Pereira's three tweet thread. Yeah. Um, saying <laughs> don't believe what you read. Um, I think it's probably the reason why he's doing the celebration that he's doing. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, I love Steve Bailey's absolute smashing bloke. Um, very, very good journalist. Very good. Very good. Um, very good writer. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah. Um, basically, uh, Steve Bailey has got a hell of a lot of assists the last couple of weeks. Yeah, well, we'll put it this way, when when the coronavirus pandemic is over and we can all go for a drink, and if Alvin stay up, every single one of you listeners deserves to, to or, or should buy Steve Madeley a pint. Yeah. Because if, if, if they stay up, it could well be because of that story. <laughs> um, what is the latest news on Kravinovic, asks uh, Joe of WBA93. I heard he was having his loan spell cut short over the weekend. Yeah, um, I think that's pretty much true. Um, haven't had it confirmed, um, but but it looks highly likely that Kravinovic will have his loan cut short. Um, not sure where he's going. I think he's going abroad. Um, the Nottingham Forest links are absolute rubbish. I think. Um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I look. I've not had it confirmed that he's going to have his loan terminated and. I don't know if he that does happen where he's going, um, but if I'm being honest, I expect it to happen. Mm. Uh, 
AJ asks, has this run of matches renewed life into Camille Grzycki? I think we could see him as a prominent figure form now under Sam Allardyce. How much can he improve on what he's shown so far? He's he's definitely been a man who features. I think he'll be... Well, well while, while Dean Garner's out, I mean, a player who's, who's likely to start. Yeah, I actually thought he played well last night at West Ham. Yeah. Um, I thought that was probably his best game, maybe potentially his best game in the Melbourne show. I'm not sure. I mean, he did have one or two good games in the Championship. I can't remember how long. Like, where he was very good. Um, I thought, look, if you're going to play for Sam Allardyce, you've got to do the work. It's as simple as that. You've got to do a defensive side of the game. That's every. That's all 11 players on the pitch. It's not just the defenders. Um, I thought last night Grzycki brought into that. He. There were one or two moments when he looked a little touch defensively shaky. I thought defensively last night he was very, very good. Mm. There were one or two moments when he wasn't, but he is a left winger. Like, he isn't a left back. So you can't expect... We can't expect him to be as good a left back as he is a left winger. Um, But I was massively encouraged um, by his tracking back, by the way he nipped into sort of intercept possession a lot of times. um, And... Yeah, it was his performance last night. I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was decent. Um, his pace is such an asset. Um, the issue of Grzycki is technically, um, there's no doubt about it. He constantly gets into good positions, and then his final ball does often does let him down. If he could just improve that, he'd be a hell of a player. Um, but I, tr- he, he is definitely, definitely, an asset. If you can get him on bang on form, he will. He will create chances. He will cause problems. Um, so I'm pleased for him. I'm pleased for him because look, let's be honest. It, he he was a goner, wasn't he? He was he, he was going to go to Nottingham Forest, from what we understand. Him and Charlie Austin were essentially training away from the group uh, during like when Bilic was there. I mean, so, he was 21 seconds away from not being an Albion player. Yeah, 20. Yeah, 21 seconds. Yeah. Um, so he's done very well. I think. Deserves a lot of credit for forcing his way back in. Mm. Uh, and last one, uh, Sunil Patel. Being an Ipswich fan, do, who does Joe Massey's star hate more? Wolves or Norwich and why? So, I did grow up an Ipswich fan. I'm, I mean, I don't know. Uh, me and Steve Maidley talk about this a lot because, well, not a lot, but because he grew up a Walsall fan. Um, and the truth, I mean, I can't name the Ipswich 11 now. Um, it's hard to explain. I don't like talking about it because people wouldn't understand it. But, um, but I, I mean, I hate wolves. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> That's all you need can't, to know. Um, can't them. Don't want anything to do with them. Don't want to be like. Just don't like them. Um, don't. Yeah. I hate wolves. I hate wolves more than anyone. Hates them so much. He's willing to miss a game. To, no, not I'm not to willing to miss a game. I'm not willing to miss a game. I want to like. I want to. <laughs> I want it on my terms, like well, not on my terms, like I want to get banned from Mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't. I'm only messing about. But no, uh, I wish I, was, I wish I was there. But yeah, I mean, obviously, like people, some some people call the expressing star the expressing dingle because obviously it's like it's more lean towards wolves. There's no doubt about it. But mm. believe me, I hate that. Because I hate them. It'll be interesting in May. I tell you what, if there's if there's something riding on that game, 
the return leg at the Hawthorns. If we beat them and send them in the bottom three, I'm gone, mate. I am gone. <laughs> I'm alive. You <laughs> You're know on the pitch the, with the players. You know how the press box is at the, at the Hawthorns. I'm just going to run down past everyone. <laughs> I'd be so happy. Imagine the scenes. All right, OK. Um, very, very quickly. Man City at home next week. Uh, doesn't get very, very much easier. It's pretty much a free hit for me. I mean, I know Albion are in a position where they need results. But you can't go and expect it against Man City in the form they're in at home. I mean, we'll see how Man City handle. Um, they've got they've got Villa tonight, um, but I mean they're in they're they're absolutely flying at the moment. I don't think anyone can expect a result against them. No, no, I mean, no, that, no, I mean we'll do the, we'll have a podcast next Monday, won't we? So, <coughs> no, probably won't actually because it'll be a Tuesday game. But yeah, fly in. Kevin De Bruyne, what a player. Um, what can you say? I'm really, like, everyone knows about Man City, don't they, at the end of the day. I don't think anyone's expecting Albion to truly get a result, but they did get a result at, in Bilic's last game. Um, that might turn out to be a bit of a, sort of a, a wake-up call, really, for Man City going into the game at the Hawthorns. They, they certainly won't be underestimating Albion yeah. um, after that performance. Um, can they do it? Yes, they can get a result. Will it be immensely difficult? God, my God, yes. Uh, uh, not, I mean, <clears throat> not a lot I can say on Man City. Personally, very, very pleased to see John Stones doing well again with my England cap on. Um, I think he's a fantastic player. Um, obviously lost his way, but now he looks rock solid. The way he's going, like... he should be starting at the Euros. Oh, yeah, I mean, for me, he's England's best defender. Um so yeah, um, yeah. Uh, they, I mean, they just look a class act, don't they? Yeah, the big games yeah. are the ones after, like you said. Yeah, the big games, are the games after, but that's but yeah, yeah. I just hope, I just hope that Man City don't have an absolute worldy day. Yeah. Um, you don't. You don't. Village always used to say, "What the very, very minimum." from a game is to come out with it with more confidence than when you entered it. Yeah. So obviously you want to win. If you can't win, you get a draw. If you can't draw, you leave with more confidence than when you started. So a good performance. If you go, if you lose one nil to Man City because they, because Kevin De Bruyne has put one in the top corner from 30 yards or played an absolutely unbelievable pass to Aguero who's, Produce a ridiculous side-footed finish into the bottom corner, and that's how you lose the game. You still come away a bit confident, don't you? A bit of a boost, like oh, we push them all the way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that is what we need to come away with, really, because I do think, as I said right at the start, I do think we are heading in the right direction. Um, Wolves to West Ham. I mean. I'd literally pay money for to delay the Man City game by six weeks. Mm. Um, just don't want to get hammered, basically. I yeah. don't mean to sound unambitious. I just, I just want the confidence to continue. You never know, mate. Villa might soften them up for you. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, what will happen is like Man City will put like seven past Villa tonight. I mean, we don't then, hope for that. And then they'll just be like so complacent, thinking they're world beaters against Albion that. 
they just take their foot off the gas a little bit. That's the dream. Yeah. Okay, mate. From all those at the Baggies Broadcast podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, right, that just about does us for another episode. We'll be back next week, hopefully after a good performance against the citizens. And you never know. I mean, crazier things have happened. Um, but from me and from Joe Massey, fond farewell. Goodbye.